ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. And good evening and welcome back to the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Burke, going solo tonight. And we appreciate, you know, you guys hanging with us. I know it's been a little bit since we've been on. A lot of things going on, technical difficulties, a little bit of life happening, and just, you know, the timing a little bit off. But we're back. Scotty going to roll solo with you tonight as we inch ever so close to the start of the NFL season. Fantasy football season, a mere week and a half away as we get ready for the Eagles and the Falcons to kick off that NFL season on September 9th. Here we are, late August, redraft season, full effect. We just finished the draft in my league last night. We'll touch a little bit on that in the fourth quarter. As we talk about, you know, drafts happening, what drafts you're looking forward to. It's, you know, dynasty leagues, redraft season, full effect. Last night was the first of five for me this week. Getting really excited. Had the eighth pick last night. Uh, my partner had the 11th pick. We'll talk a little bit about what his team was and what my team looked like and any other surprises we may have seen in the draft. Got another one tomorrow night, picking in the seven hole. I got one on Saturday where I know I'm in the one hole. And Friday night, I'm in the two hole. So looking at a bunch of different things. Get ready to go. Draft season underway. Fantasy football ever so close. DFS lineups. You're starting to look at those on DraftKings and FanDuel. Next episode, we'll get into that a little bit. Kind of some key players to get ready to look forward look forward to using in week one. And, of course, you know my quarterback wide receiver stacks that I love so much when it comes to doing this DFS. But we're back. Again, Scotty rolling solo. No Mikey tonight. We'll get ready. Get a little quick, nice, full, full contact show for you. A lot of things to talk about. And get right into it here, quarter one, news and notes. And we'll start off with head coach Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. Said on Monday he has yet to decide on the Bills' week one starting quarterback. Although he got absolutely no help from the brutal Bills offensive line, Josh Allen face-planted in Sunday's third preseason game, preseason game and has left to be evaluated for a concussion. Meanwhile, Nathan Peterman continued his productive August. Agent A.J. McCarron is still dealing with a shoulder injury of some sort. And whoever gets the nod in week one will be an exciting target for streamers against the Ravens D. I don't necessarily know if I agree. An exciting target for streamers against the Ravens D. Defense for the Ravens looked pretty good over the weekend as well in that game, in their preseason game. And we'll touch base on that in the AFC quarter as we get ready for you know, previewing some of those games and reviewing some of those games. But the situation here in Buffalo, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Josh Allen not really running away with anything. Nathan Peterman, oddly enough, probably the most impressive of the three. Either way, whoever becomes the starting quarterback in Buffalo probably going to be a non-factor for a little while until they prove on a week-in, week-out basis that they can produce fantasy numbers and be productive at the quarterback position in Buffalo. Redskins coach Jay Gruden confirmed Monday that Jordan Reed is, quote, on pace for week one. Jordan Reed owners, give me a hallelujah there. You, If you've stuck with this guy and you, you know the talent that he has, but the history of injuries has just been brutal for Jordan Reed. Can't stay on the football field, we know. And when he's on the field, he's without question a top eight tight end play, especially week one in Arizona. If he's healthy and you got him, you roll him out there when he's healthy because you know he's going to produce and look to see how he can do with Alex Smith. No more Kirk Cousins, so a little change in the chemistry there possibly. But again, Jordan Reed, we know the talent's there. Just a matter, can he stay on the football field? And when he is on the football field, without question, a top, top 10, top five tight end in the National Football League. Baker Mayfield will start the Browns' preseason finale on Thursday. So what does that tell you? Tyrod Taylor is, in fact, the Browns' opening day starter against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 1. Coach Hugh Jackson said Mayfield will play quite a bit. We already knew Mayfield was not starting Week 1, but this seems like quite a risk for the number 1 overall pick. He'll be on the field alongside second and third stringers. Ensuring his good health should be more important than getting extra reps with backups against backups. 
I kind of agree with this. I mean, we, if he's not going to start week one, I get it. You don't want to go into the season with, with Mayfield as the, as the number one guy. That's fine. Tyrod Taylor, more than serviceable, can get the job done. But really, what's the point in playing him in this final preseason game when you're not going to play him with starters? You're going to play him with a lot of backups, some guys that may not even make this team. You're going to put this guy at risk of getting hurt in a meaningless game. You want to see him for maybe a quarter, maybe a couple of series, that's fine. But if you're going to tell me he's going into the third quarter, I think that's a mistake on Coach Hugh Jackson's part. We'll see how it turns out when he plays on Thursday. But Baker Mayfield, obviously the dynasty pick. You stash him, get ready when he's ready to rock and roll. But in redraft right now, Tyrod Taylor, very serviceable play. Baker Mayfield will have no effect in fantasy, at least for the time being. The Athletics, Michael Sean Duger reports Doug Baldwin. His knee is clearly close to returning to full percentage, full 100% go. All signs continue to point towards Baldwin being ready for week one, and he can confidently be drafted as a high-end wide receiver too. Doug Baldwin's healthy. You know he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the looks. Russell Wilson's going to key in on him. No more Jimmy Graham. Paul Richardson's gone. A lot of new faces in that Seattle offense as well. So, yeah, Doug Baldwin's going to be a target hog. Should be able to produce. Look for guys like Tyler Lockett to step up. I think Nick Vinette as a tight end could be a sneaky streaming play. He may get some looks as well. So you look for different guys to step up. But Doug Baldwin going to get the targets as long as he's healthy. Definitely look at him as a high-end wide receiver too. Andrew Luck has a, quote, minor foot injury. All right, here we go again. No, maybe not. Luck was hurt on the sack at Saturday's preseason game. Coach Frank Reich said Luck would be playing through the injury if it were the regular season. This is the sort of update we might typically avoid, but ending notable with Luck it, it, when it comes to Luck and his health this summer is worth talking about. Luck coming off this shoulder injury. It looks like he's getting healthy. Looks like he's ready to, to lead the Colts offense once again. I know it's a minor foot injury, but again, you don't even want to deal with a nagging injury, so you just kind of want to monitor the situation. Colts don't seem to be too worried about it, which is which is a good thing. Luck's shoulder seems to be good to go, so he's ready to rock and roll for week one. But again, it's just something to, something to look at. Andrew Luck's been drafted relatively late in most fantasy leagues, so still a, a late-round quarterback target. If he can return to form, could prove to be a steal for you in your fantasy drafts. But again, you got to monitor it, but again, the Colts don't seem to be too much worried about this minor foot injury. Jay Ajayi has been sidelined over a week at Eagles practice with a lower body injury. It's now actually eight days for Ajayi, and the exact nature of the injury is unclear, but the knee is always the worry for a player with a bone-on-bone condition such as Ajayi. With the Eagles playing next week's Thursday night opener, Ajayi has less time to get ready for week one than the rest of the league. If healthy, Ajayi should be the Eagles' feature back on early downs. Definitely something worth monitoring here as we sit nine days away, ten days away from the opener between the Eagles and the Falcons. Jai unable to get on the practice field for over a week now. You got to see as they get closer and closer with that Thursday night game if he gets some practice time in. Maybe he is. Maybe he gets to sit out this week one. You know, and then you look at a guy like Corey Clement, look at a guy Darren Sproles, uh, Wendell Smallwood, other guys that maybe Matt Jones, depending on which one of those two make the roster. Maybe both do if Jai can't go week one. Something to monitor here, though. We know the history he has with the bone-on-bone condition. You know, they're just saying lower body injury, so we know that could be anything from, you know, the hips down. So it could be a body, it could, you know, could be the hip, it could be the quad, it could be a knee. We don't know what it is, but worth watching here. Uh, if Ajayi continues to stay out, could be something to be worried about going forward with Ajayi in the Eagles' backfield. And finally, Giant fans, the time has come. You don't have to wait anymore. The New York Giants and wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. have agreed to a five-year, $95 million extension through the year 2023. The deal includes $65 million guaranteed. 
both the guaranteed money and Beckham's average annual value of $19 million are new records for a receiver, making him the highest paid receiver in football. It is without question the move the Giants needed to make. They needed to get Beckham locked up here. He is, once Eli Manning is gone, going to be the face of this franchise. The transition period is already there. Beckham, you needed to lock him up. Get this out of the way before the regular season did. Beckham did all the right things. He came to camp. He showed up. He practiced. He did everything he needed to do. So here he is. He's back. Odell Beckham's there. The Giants and Beckham agree to a five-year, $95 million extension. So that's good for the Giants. It's good for Odell Beckham. And it's very good for fantasy owners because now your star wide receiver, or you're taking in the top 10, you can confidently roll out there every week knowing that he got paid, he's ready to produce, and if he's healthy, we know what Odell Beckham is as we get ready to transition into quarter number two. All right, quarter number two on the podcast, and like we do throughout the entire regular season, we'll do it continue here in the preseason. Let's go NFC home games. We'll just touch base on some of the notable performances, some that you want to look at that happened in the week that was in the preseason. We'll start with the Broncos and the Redskins in Washington. The Broncos win this game 29-17. to A couple of notable performances. Case Keenum efficient, 12-18 of 18 for 148 yards. If he's one of those quarterbacks, you're looking to take really, really late and maybe stash as a backup. Royce Freeman, five carries, 26 yards on a touchdown. Looks to be inching ever so close to being the starting running back for the Broncos, even though people are saying in Denver that it may be a committee. I still expect now Royce Freeman to kind of take the lead role here and run with it as long as he can show he can produce. Emmanuel Sanders, four catches for 61 yards. So that's a good sign to see from the veteran wide receiver. On the Redskins side, you know, a lot of injuries in that backfield. Uh, with Darius Geis now out for the year. Samaja Ryan's a little banged up. Chris Thompson's still banged up. So they bring in Adrian Peterson. And very impressive in his preseason debut for the Redskins. 11 carries, 56 yards, so that's worth watching. Uh, he's going to be going late in rounds for sure, taking a flyer that he may be able to get some run with the starters in Washington. And another running back who may get some run and maybe sneaky value pick as well, Capri Bibbs, 61 total yards. He's going to play that Chris Thompson role until Thompson's really fully ready to go. So a couple of running backs to watch for in Washington. Patriots t- lost to the Panthers in Carolina, 25-14. to Notable Tom Brady played a good portion of this first half, 12 of 18 for 102 yards. Cam Newton, 11 of 17 for 142 yards. So the two starting quarterbacks in midseason form, they looked in the preseason game. Cam Newton running the round, still took a hat, real hard hit, had to come off the, uh, to the sidelines for a play. But again, he's healthy, good to go. But you want Cam Newton to be a little more careful in preseason, stop taking unnecessary hits, running around, and being flipped over by defenders. Patriot running backs, Mike Gillisley, 10 carries for 35 yards at a touchdown. Only notable because, you know, Rex Burkhead is going to get first crack at this with Sonny Michelle Hurt. And you can see where it goes after that. James White, obviously, we know what he'll do. Then you got Gillisley, Jeremy Hill going to fight for some touches, possibly some goal line looks as well. Christian McCaffrey, 12 carries, 48 yards. He's been outstanding this preseason. And Ron Rivera and the Panthers living up to what they told us, that he was going to be the bell cow, and he's getting a lot of action. Looked very sharp, four yards a clip. C-Mac ready to go for the Panthers. Now with Eric Decker retiring, question marks are going on in that the Patriots wide receiver core with Edelman suspended, Decker gone, Philip Dorsett 4 for 36, so he could be a sneaky player to look for late in drafts as well. Someone's going to emerge alongside Chris Hogan as a, as a threat for the Patriots. Philip Dorsett, young, he's got some speed, some speed, can run down the sidelines, make a big play here and there, so look for Dorsett to possibly offer some sneaky value. And the veteran Greg Olson, 4 for 44, when healthy, we know he's a type, top tight end, so Greg Olson looking like he's ready to go for week one as well. The Vikings beat the Seahawks in Minnesota 21-20. to Some notables from this, the quarterbacks again, Russell Wilson 11 of 21, 118 yards, not doing too much, just getting ready to go for the regular season. Kirk Cousins attempted 28 passes. He completed 17 of those for 182 yards. 
He looks to be having a decent rapport with Stefan Diggs, having some trouble going on with others with Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, but I think that'll that'll grow as we get closer and we get into the regular season. It's a feeling out process for Cousins. Uh, the aforementioned Diggs had four catches for 51 yards, and Dalvin Cook didn't really play too much in this game. Latavius Murray got 24 yards and 10 carries. He did score a touchdown. He will definitely cut into Dalvin Cook's time, especially at the goal line. So Latavius Murray is a factor here in cutting into some of the production that Dalvin Cook's going to get. Dalvin Cook's going very high, early, high, mid-second uh, round. So but Latavius Murray, if you drafted Cook, is a perfect handcuff because if Cook goes down, we know what Murray is and what he can do. So you want to look for Latavius Murray there. Chris Carson, I'm, uh, let's believe the coach speak, okay? Rashad Penny's 15 pounds overweight. Chris Carson getting the bulk of the carries in preseason and a lot of action with the first team. Seven carries, 26 yards and a touchdown. Caught a couple passes as well. He will be the guy for the Seahawks, and he is going rapidly up the board, being drafted as early as the sixth round in some leagues. So you want to watch out. Chris Carson is the flavor of the week, flavor of the month in Seattle. He will be the guy out of the gate for the Seahawks. In a game that was delayed for a little bit in Tampa Bay due to weather, what else is new? Lions 33, Bucks 30. A lot of points on the board here, but not too much to talk about from a fantasy standpoint. A lot of the key guys not really t- being a contributing factor. LeGarrette Blunt 11 for 45. on Johnson and 4 for 25 as we watch that battle kind of play out with Blunt and Johnson, who's going to get some of the early carries. Theo Riddick will probably be the guy in third down. Abdullah got some action here. Carried them all seven times, about 30-something yards. But again, I still think Abdullah is probably on his way out unless he sticks on this team as a special teams contributor uh, in the punt return, kick return kind of game. Jameis Winston, not a lot of time. 6 for 10, 60 yards and a touchdown. The real thing you want to watch here is the Bucks backfield. Uh, all the hype is about Ronald Jones going into the preseason, and it's kind of shifted to Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber, 5 carries, 34 yards and a score. Ronald Jones ran the ball 6 times for only 7 yards. He did add a 37-yard reception. Uh, Peyton Barber is going to be the guy out of, out of the gate here for the Bucks to be the uh, lead running back. If you're drafting this situation, again, another one of those team backfield situations where you want to, if you're drafting Barber, you want to try and grab Jones as well. Bring both of them to, you, to your bench, one of them to your bench, one to your starting lineup, and then you take both of them into your season and then see how it plays out. But from the get-go, it looks like it's going to be Peyton Barber's job to lose in Tampa Bay. Bears beat the Chiefs 27-20 to in Chicago. But some impressive numbers on the Kansas City side. Patrick Mahomes, 18 for 24 with 196 yards at a touchdown. And he and Tyreek Hill seem to be in sync. And this could be a lethal combination for fantasy owners. If you have one of these two, you could be in good shape. Tyreek Hill, 8 for 88. So he's ready to go for the regular season. Kareem Hunt, not much in the in the ground game. But they have a 19-yard reception for a touchdown. But you know what you're going to get out of Kareem Hunt. We know what type of player he is. He stays out that he'll be a very versatile back for the Chiefs. On the Bears side, there really wasn't much to talk about. A lot of backs played, backups played in this game. But Kevin White had two catches for 33 yards and a touchdown as he tries to cement himself on this team behind Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and Trey Burton of the likes. Kevin White trying to get some action, trying to show that he can be a player in this league despite all the injuries that he's had to deal with in his short time in the NFL. Rams beat the Texans 21-20. to Really not much at all to talk about in this game. Watson barely played. Goff did not play. Gurley did not play. Lamar Miller did not play so far. Do you see where I'm going here? Just notables on the backup running backs. Alfred Blue, 5 for 45 at a score. Probably going to be a key contributor if Lamar Miller doesn't go and Deontay Foreman is unable to get healthy. Then on the Rams side, John Kelly. He's been very good this preseason. Todd Gurley, if he would ever get hurt, this may be the perfect guy to pick up. 15 carries, 64 yards. He scored two touchdowns. So a very, very good preseason for John Kelly. If Gurley would have any trouble at all, that would probably be the guy you want to look at. But again, we know what Todd Gurley is. Most most drafts going as the number one, if not number two overall pick. But again, 
injuries do happen, and when you see some guys at preseason perform, you always keep your eye on them, keep an ear out to see when, where they are, if something were to happen to the big names. And then finally, Cardinals beat the Cowboys 27-3 in Dallas. Cardinal defense scored a couple of touchdowns here. And again, not many notables played in this game. There was no Josh Rosen, no Dak Prescott. David Johnson did not play. No Fitz of the likes. Chase Edmonds looking for that backup role behind David Johnson. 11-55. Cole Beasley on the Cowboys side, 3-31 for 31 as he tries to cement himself as a slot receiver and a key contributor for the Cowboys. And then Rico Gathers is the tight end. Had five catches for 30 yards. Someone's got to emerge in Dallas as a tight end, right? As a tight end contributor. We just don't know who it's going to be. There's really not much going there. Jeff Swain, Rico Gathers, so forth. So Gathers, 5 for 30. Maybe notable, maybe not. But that's what we got from this game. Not a whole lot. Cardinals defense scoring two touchdowns, special teams on defense early in this game. 27-3 was the final as we get ready to transition into quarter three for the AFC home games from preseason week number three. All right, folks, back for quarter number three, and that is the AFC home games here in the preseason. And we'll start with the first game of the week, and that was a barn burner between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Cleveland Indians. I'm sorry, that was the Eagles and the Browns. The Browns winning this game five to nothing. That's right, five to nothing. Not a whole lot to talk about in this game. Nick Foles was terrible. He, I mean, he completed 17, 13 of 17 passes, but did throw two interceptions, a couple of telegraphed ones that were really just easy for the Browns defense to pick up. Of the notables from the Eagles' side, Wendell Smallwood, 12 for 53, as he looks to get a spot on this roster. Him and Matt Jones competing for some time. In the receiving game, not a whole lot. There's Zach Ertz at 4 for 26. Dallas Goddard had 2 for 26. Nobody else really of note for the Eagles. You go to the Browns' side, Tyrod Taylor took a nasty hit in this game, but did come back. It seems to be okay and healthy, ready to go. As we talked about news and notes, he will be the Week 1 starter for the Browns. 11 of 16 for 65 yards. Baker Mayfield came in 8 of 12, 76 yards on a pick. We know that he will be the backup to Tyron Taylor and get a lot of action in this final preseason game. Of the notables, Nick Chubb, 14 for 46, so a little better than what he had been doing early on in the preseason. Carlos Hyde at 7 for 45. Duke Johnson, 3 carries for 13 yards. The odd thing here, Duke Johnson, uh, 0 catches this preseason. We know that's an an anomaly, uh, but he will be fine for the regular season. He'll get his catches and be able to produce and be a key contributing PPR factor for sure. Other notables for the Browns, David Njoku, 4 for 25. Jarvis Landry, 3 for 23. Njoku is going to be a very sneaky tight end play here. Tyrod Taylor likes what he's seen out of him. We've seen some connections there. We also saw some of Baker Mayfield. So that's a good good thing going there in Cleveland. Browns, things are going to look up, looking up for them in Cleveland. They got a healthy healthy offense. They got some good players on defense. It's definitely They're definitely going to win a few games, that is for sure, in Cleveland this year. Let's go to the Snoopy Bowl at MetLife Stadium. That's the Giants hosted by the Jets in both their home stadiums. Eli Manning crisp in this game, 17 of 23 for 188 yards. Looked fluid, looked good. He looked like he's ready to go. And Sterling Shepard had seven catches for 78 yards. There was no Odell Beckham, so Shepard showing that he's going to be the number two guy here and also very sneaky value as well in some fantasy drafts late in the drafts. Evan Ingram of note, three catches for 23 yards, but did leave this game, uh, and he is in the concussion protocol, so that is something we're going to look for here for Evan Ingram, how he comes back from a concussion. Hopefully it's minor, he's good to go for the regular season, but again, once you get one of those concussions, it's always something you have to kind of monitor throughout the year, so keep an eye on that. There was no Saquon Barkley, Wayne Gallman, four for 19, as he tries to become the backup and split some time with Jonathan Stewart. That was four for 19 in the in the receiving game, 11 for 23 in the rushing game. Go to the Jets side, Sam Darnold. Got some action here, 8 of 16 for 86 in the touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater was 11 of 15 for 104. Uh, both quarterbacks have been pretty good in the preseason. Josh McCown, I think we've 
understand it's most likely going to be a backup here, so it's going to come down to Bridgewater or Darno. I think Sam Darnold's going to be the guy and get get the crack here, and I think the Jets are trying to shop Teddy Bridgewater and see if there's a spot that they can send him off to and give him a shot to be a starter in this league. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Bilal Powell, 10 for 24 with a touchdown. Isaiah Crowell, only 4 for 6. Not much going on there with Elijah McGuire out. On the receiving side, Quincy Anunua had 2 for 28. Robbie Anderson, 1 for 11. Isaiah Crowell caught 2 for 18. And Terrell Pryor trying to have a comeback here. Gets 2 for 16 in the score as the Giants beat the Jets 22 to 16 in that preseason affair. We'll go out to the Bay, and it was a re- uh, reunion of sorts between Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. The Packers travel out to Oakland. Oakland beat the Packers 13 to 6. Of note here, Aaron Rodgers did not play. Running backs Aaron Jones had 5 for 18. Ty Montgomery had 4 for 12, but it was a long of 11, so the other three for one yard. So something you're going to look for there in the running back situation. Uh, Jamon Moore, uh, another impressive alley, 4 for 62. Geronimo Miles in a 2 for 40. And really, that's all you're looking for from the Packers side. Not many guys played in this game as well. Switch over to Oakland. Derek Carr, minimal action. 2 for 3 for 68 yards. Running backs, Doug Martin at 6 for 24. Chris Warren, uh, the third. He's been very impressive in camp for the Raiders. He's going to get it. He, he might win a spot on this team. 15 for 54 and a touchdown. Got a couple of older veteran backs in front of him. I mean, no Jalen Richard's there. DeAndre Washington's still there as well, but... Chris Warren, very impressive in the preseason. Injuries could open up the door. You never know. Amari Cooper, one catch, was for 49 yards, so he's ready to go. We know Mike, my partner Mike, is a big Cooper guy this year. So he targeted him in a lot of drafts. Jalen Richard, three for 34. Jared Cook, who I think is going to be a sneaky tight end play, going for some value, had two for 24. Uh, Martavis Bryant, one for 14. And of note from the Raiders, they today chipped off uh, Ryan Switzer, probably a special teams punter, punt returner, kick returner kind of guy, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. For a fifth-round pick, so Ryan Switzer finds himself a new home in the NFL. And speaking of the Steelers, they hosted the Tennessee Titans on Saturday. It was 16-6. to They beat Tennessee. Tennessee falls to 0-3 at the preseason. And the Steelers' offense looked pretty good. Clicked early and often. Ben Roethlisberger, 11-18 of for a 114 in a score. Jalen Samuels ran the ball much better than he has in most of the preseason with 11-41. James Conner ran the ball 10 times, only 18 yards, but what was impressive about Conner here is 6 for 52 in the passing game, so that's a key key thing to look for. We know Le'Veon Bell will be back. He's not playing in the preseason. He'll be ready to go week one, but as the Steelers and fantasy owners alike start to discuss the future of Le'Veon Bell and where he may be at after this season ends, you know, to see production from James Conner like that is a good thing for Steeler fans and fantasy owners as they look for a possible replacement for Bell down the road. Juju Smith-Schuster at 6 for 46. He did have a couple key drops in this game, so it's something you want to watch. Justin Hunter had a touchdown on 37 yards on a dime drop by Roethlisberger. And everything else here, Jesse James, 2 for 17. No Vance McDonald in this game. So we could see Jesse James or Vance McDonald as the number one tight end in Pittsburgh. Switch it over to Tennessee. Marcus Mariota was not good. 5 for five for 8, 43 yards. Threw a pick, was sacked twice. Blaine Gabbert got some action in here, 16 for 24 and a passing touchdown for 158. So he is going to be the backup to Mariota in Tennessee. Running game, not much going on here either. Derrick Henry, 5 for 12. Deion Lewis, 3 for 11. A couple of guys with negatives. And from, you know, in skill position-wise, not a whole lot here happening for the Titans. Deion Lewis had three catches for 20 yards. Tywan Taylor, 1 for 9. Taji Sharp coming back from an injury. Kind of a forgotten man there in Tennessee. Had 2 for 23. Not a whole lot happening in that game. Steelers win that game 16-6. to Switch it over now to Indianapolis. The Niners travel there. Jimmy G against Andrew Luck. Turned out to be Jimmy G going 9-for-19 for a buck 35 as the Colts 
won this game 23 to 17. But Jimmy G looked good, 919 for 135, like I said earlier. And the question marks now are in this in the Minnesota backfield, uh, the San Francisco backfield. I'm sorry, with uh, Jarek McKinnon hurt, Matt Breida hurt, Alfred Morris signed, as we talked about in the last episode, albeit a couple weeks ago. We did talk about the Morris signing, and Morris looked good, 17 for 84, uh, and a, a long of 11. No no scores, but Alfred Morris looked like a guy looking to revitalize his career in San Francisco. So, gotta watch the injuries to McKinnon and Breida. May open the door for Alfred Morris to be some sneaky value as well. Pierre Garçon, 2 for 62. Marquis Goodwin, 3 for 40. You know how I feel about Goodwin. I think he's a chance to really, really emerge as a big-time threat out there in San Francisco. For, so watch that. Not much else there. Nothing out of Kittle. Did not play. We switch over to the Colts side. Andrew Luck, 8 of 10, 90 yards and a touchdown. Again, comes out of this game with a minor foot injury. Colts brass and head coach Frank Reich seem to not be worried about that at all. So he looked good. Jacoby resets the backup, 120 yards on, on seven completions. Running game, we still got question marks here. We don't know where we're going with the Colts running backs. Mar- Marlon Mack didn't get any action in this game because he's hurt. Naeem Hines had five carries for zero yards. Christine Michael had eight for nine. And Jordan Wilkins had 14 for 28. So a lot of question marks. Not many questions being answered in this Colt backfield. So we'll see how that plays out. Eric Ebron, five for 54 and a touchdown. He'll get some action with Jack Doyle at the tight end position. T.Y. had two for 17. Jordan Wilkins also added two catches for 33 yards. So Wilkins maybe has a chance to be a guy. Naeem Hines, one catch for negative one yards. So you got to watch the Colt backfield. we got to get some answers. We don't have them yet. Maybe Jordan Wilkins is in the lead as we get towards the start of the season. But, again, a lot of question marks to be answered. Jacksonville hosted Atlanta. Atlanta falls to 0-3 in the preseason. 17-6 was the final for Jacksonville, winning this one. Matt Ryan, limited action, 5-12, 57 yards. Tevin Coleman, 7 for 38, a long of 22. So Coleman looks ready to rock and roll. On the receiving side, Mohamed Sanu at 2 for 36. Calvin Ridley, 1 for 12. Nothing out of Julio. Austin Hooper, 1 for 4. You hope Austin Hooper takes the next step forward. And Tevin Coleman added himself a catch for 10 yards. Jacksonville side, Blake Bortles, 2 for 204 yards. However, was picked off twice. And there was actually some rumbling coming out of Jacksonville that Cody Kessler may be the better option for the Jaguars. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Kessler was a perfect 7 of 7 for 79 yards. I always liked Kessler a little bit. I mean, he's one of these guys in college that I liked. And, you know, I get into this hobby. I'm into the memorabilia and the trading cards and all this stuff. And I follow the hobby. And this was one of those guys I kind of invested a little bit in out of college because I thought he had a chance to play. He never really got his chance in Cleveland. New scenario, new situation. You never know. He will back up Bortles. But should Bortles falter, maybe Cody Kessler something somebody to watch. Leonard Fournette, you know I'm big on Fournette this year. 10 for 57 in the touchdown, so he's ready to go. Looks healthy. Corey Grant's going to be the backup, 5 for 32. T.J. Yeldon will be the third string at 5 for 23. Receiving-wise, big injury out of this game. Marquis Lee takes a hit, low hit to the leg area. He's out for the season. He had a one catch in 20 yards, so he's out. So now this elevates other guys on this team. D.D. Westbrook, 2 for 11. Dante Moncrief now becomes relevant at 3 for 62 in this game. And then Keelan Cole only had one catch for four yards, but now these are the three guys you're going to look at to be key contributors in the Jacksonville receiving game. So they look out for Moncrief, look out for Westbrook and Keelan Cole. One of these guys will emerge, and Corey Grant may get some more action with the injury to the lead lineup in the slot. He had five catches for 39 yards. He's a versatile player. They gave some money to they like, so watch out for him. Austin Severian Jenkinsstock can go up here, one catch for 14 yards. But with Lee out, somebody you can look for and watch in Jacksonville. Baltimore went into Miami, and they stayed perfect in the preseason. They're 4-0. Miami falls to 0-3. 27-10 was the final. 
What did we learn here? Joe Flacco didn't play. Lamar Jackson, 7 of 10 for 98 and a score. RG3 continues his attempt at a comeback 9 for 15 and 66. Right now, he's fantasy irrelevant. Lamar Jackson's the backup there. Running-wise, not a whole lot. Not a lot of the big names played. Griffin ran for 41 yards. Lamar Jackson ran for 33, and he did score 39, and he did score a touchdown. So Lamar Jackson, much better effort than the previous game. Kenneth Dixon had five carries for two yards, as he tries to be the backup to Alex Collins, who only got one carry for seven. And receiving-wise, not a whole lot even to look at here. Brashad Perryman trying to make this team stay on this team. Two for 13. Dixon had three for 18 out of the backfield. But not a whole lot from the Ravens' side on offense. Go to the Dolphins' side. Ryan Tannehill going undrafted in most fantasy leagues, but going to be a streaming option if you find the right matchup on a week-to-week basis. Had 115 yards and a touchdown on 11 for 16. Kenyon Drake, 4 for 32, but the long was 30. The other three carries for two yards, so just keep an eye on Drake. As he's going to be the lead guy in Miami, but again, there are guys that may cut into it. There is a Frank, Frank Gore is there, Callum Balazs there, and Sonoris Perry has had himself a nice little preseason. He had 3 for 27 and a long of 15 as well. Drake adds a 36-yard catch. Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, get a couple of catches each. Stills for 28 on three. Amendola, 23 on two and a score. Gavin Escobar, two for 19. Mike Gusecki, one for 10 as they battle off at the tight end position. And that's pretty much what you got from this game. So not a whole lot going on there. And then we'll send it out to L.A. for the Chargers. Got blasted by Drew Brees and the Saints, 36-7. to uh, Drew Brees, limited action, 59 yards on seven for nine. Mark Ingram. Getting action in before the suspension, 7 of 24. And I've noticed Ingram really dropping in these drafts. And we know the suspension is there, four games. But he's going later and later in drafts. And, you know, if you have the room and you're drafting maybe a guy like, if you draft Kamara early and he comes around to a spot where you can get an Ingram later on, might be worth the stash. I mean, it's four games. I get it. It's a quarter of the season. But you're looking, what you saw last year between the two of them was very impressive. The only thing you want to be concerned about is maybe the contract year. Maybe Peyton goes more Kamara than he does Ingram when he comes back, but we'll take a look and see how that plays out. Kamara had four for 16. Nobody else really doing much there. Uh, Traquan Smith had four catches for 39 yards, and he did score a touchdown as he tries to get become a key contributor for the Saints offense. Michael Thomas, two for 29. Ted Ginn at two for 12. Not a whole lot else going on there. Touchdowns are scored by Traquan Smith and... Also by Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown, and Taysom Hill got one for the Saints as well. Switching over to the Chargers, Rivers played very little, 5 of 7 for 29 yards. Geno Smith threw a pick. It's irrelevant, just saying it because it's Geno Smith. Austin Eckler, 6 for 50 as he becomes the backup now to Melvin Gordon. Should anything happen to Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler is someone you want to target. 21 was the long, 8.3 a carry. Very impressive there. Mike Williams, 1 for 13. Keenan Allen, 1 for 5, but again, not much. they didn't play too much in this game. But the Saints blitz the Chargers 36-7. And then we go to the final one here. Cincinnati 26, Buffalo 13. Most, most amazing thing and most important thing in this game was the warm welcome that Andy Dalton received from the Bills faithful. Remember Dalton and the Bengals won a game last year that got the Bills into the playoffs for the first time in nearly 20 years. Bengals introduced the players. Andy Dalton came out to the field for warm-up, stood in the end zone, received an unbelievable hand from the Bills faithful. So classy move by Buffalo. Cincinnati wins this game 26-13, and Andy Dalton, all he did was throw two touchdowns, 11-16, of 16, 180, looked really crisp, sharp in this game for the Bengals. He hit John Ross, two for 66 in a touchdown, and Ross really with the deke moves there to, to get in the end zone, making a couple defenders fall on their legs and fall on their knees. A.J. Green, four for 15 to score. He looks ready to rock and roll. Joe Mixon, six for seven on the ground, 
didn't really get going. Giovanni Bernard also four for three didn't get going. He had a long of eleven, so it shows you where the rest of the carries went. Uh, Mixon one for twenty three. Bernard three for seventeen in the receiving game. But uh, Mixon's going to get cracked here. But Bernard's going to be very relevant in Cincinnati. Switch over to Buffalo. Uh, AJ McCarron did not play. Josh Allen played little. Six of twelve for thirty four yards. Nathan Peterman. 16 of 20 for 200 yards and a touchdown. And if, again, like I said in news and notes, if I had a pick, I got to say Peterman is probably the leader in the clubhouse here uh, for the week one starting job for Buffalo. Probably not going to be too fantasy relevant, but again, you watch and how he, see how he plays and take a look. Could be a streaming option down the road if he, you know, picks up his game at all, but very impressive in this game. Marcus Murphy, 11 of 58, making a case to be, get some action in case LaShawn McCoy is suspended for any reason due to his involvement. With the uh, stuff going on with his ex-girlfriend. Calvin Benjamin at 2 for 39. Charles Clay 4 for 24. Uh, it's good to see Benjamin get a couple catches and try to get build a rapport with the Bills and the quarterback, whether it's Peterman or whoever it might be. And you switch it over, and that's really that's really all we got. I mean, not too much else out of this game. Zay Jones, 1 for 4. Corey Coleman, 2 catches, no yards. Corey Coleman just having the trouble making an impact anywhere he goes. So that's what we had here from the AFC uh, as we finished up Preseason week number three, we get ready to go to preseason week number four in a couple days. All the teams will send out most of their backups. And then before you know, we'll be talking about the regular season kicking off on that September 9th, Falcons-Eagles, as we get ready to hit quarter number four. All right, folks, back for quarter number four. Just going to touch base on the draft we had last night. It was the 14th year for my fantasy league that I run on Yahoo, getting their draft, getting our draft going last night. We kicked it off, kicked the season off. And just maybe a couple of notable things. I put my team out on Twitter last night. You know, my partner's ripping on me because he says the only reason you put it out is if you love the team. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, I like the team. Do I love the team? Not so much. I've drafted eight in this league. And uh, you know, the way this kind of played out was I went receiver heavy early. Um, Alvin Kamara went right in front of me at seven. So I took DeAndre Hopkins at eight. Opted to go with Adrian Green on the comeback. And then as I hit the third round, I was ready to target a couple running backs. I had Jordan Howard keyed up. He was a guy I was looking for. He went a little earlier than I had hoped. Also looked at Jarek McKinnon. He went earlier than I had hoped. So kind of as chips fell to me, you know, it was pretty much the best value on the board. So I opted to take Tyreek Hill. I've talked often about how I'm not a huge Tyreek Hill guy, but you got to remember when we talk fantasy football and we talk about players we like and we dislike, we, we dislike them because of their ADP and we like them because of the value sometimes we get from their ADP. And I fell third round in the eighth spot there. The Tyreek Hill was a good fit for me, so I opted to go for Tyreek Hill there. Then on the comeback, I had a debate between another wide receiver or a running back, and the best running back at the time that was there would have been Joe Mixon. I already had A.J. Green. I'm not 100% sold on Joe Mixon being the number one guy, so I went and took Juju Smith-Schuster. So I loaded up four straight running backs and just kind of talk about the rest of the team running back-wise, four straight wide receivers, uh, running backs. I wound up Royce Freeman's going to be the lead guy. Now, for me, I'm hoping he's the guy that rolls out in Denver and becomes the number one guy. My other running backs, Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman, and I took Adrian Peterson late, and then I handcuffed Freeman with Devontae Poker late as well. So the wide receivers for me are very good. I also drafted Julian Edelman late. He's suspended, but he's in my number five receiver, so definitely have some depth there. Going Jimmy G, Derek Carr as the quarterbacks, um, and my tight end is George Kittle. So I, I like the wide receivers on this team. I like the wide receivers that I have. I think I'm very, very set there. A couple guys on Twitter telling me I could have did better with the wide receivers if that's the route I was going to go. Listen, I think a top four of DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Tyreek Hill, and Juju Smith-Schuster is pretty solid. If you don't, then listen, you find a better four for me than in that position, 
by all means, show it to me. But I think I did pretty well there. 100% my running backs are a question mark. But again, if I hit on a couple of these running backs, then I'm going to be in good shape. And I also have some pieces that I can make some deals, try to float a guy like a Tyreek Hill out there to make a trade to get a better running back or even the Smith-Schuster to bring in a back that's going to be a little more consistent than the ones I have. So, I mean, overall, I do like I, I like the team. I don't love it, as my partner is accusing me of doing. But I put it out there on Twitter last night, get a little bit of dialogue going, kind of talk to the audience, see what they thought, get some feeling on there. We had a lot of, we had a lot of good back and forth, some good comments were there and stuff like that. So very, very uh, uh, entertaining and glad to have some reaction there. A couple of key notables here. Uh, first overall was Todd Gurley. The top four went, I wouldn't say as expected, but the top four guys that we expect. Gurley went one, Bell two, Johnson three, Elliott did fall to four. Uh, Saquon Barkley went 10 in this in the first round here, so right around where he was expected to go. Uh, the 12th pick here, you had Fournette McCaffrey back-to-back, so it's a good one-two punch, uh, the running back situation. Uh, my partner shocks me here as he took Melvin Gordon in the 11th spot, which is not a shock at all. But then he takes Rob Gronkowski in the second round at number 14. Um, and you know he's a hashtag late-round tight end guy, but he opted to take Gronkowski here. And his reasoning, pretty much, if healthy, he's the best tight end in the game, and he's going to produce. No Edelman there, so numbers should be coming his way. But it did surprise me to see him take Gronkowski in the second round. I uh, did not expect that. So, you know, my partner, he kind of keeps us on our toes every once in a while, and he did so there by taking Gronkowski. Uh, Kareem Hunt went after that. A couple of notables, Aaron Rodgers, first quarterback off the board. He went in the third round, fifth pick of the third round. Jordan Howard was the first pick of the third round. I was hoping he'd fall down a little further. He did not. Uh, that's where I took Tyreek Hill right after Amari Cooper and before Tom Brady went. Uh, Derrick Henry went to the fourth round. One of the guys that we talk about a lot here, he was second pick of the fourth round. Um, I told you I took Juju Smith-Schuster, fifth, fifth pick in the fourth round. Some other notables here. Chris Carson, 10th pick in the fifth round. He went uh, pretty pretty high. He's, his draft stock is moving on up. Uh, so that was somebody impressive seeing how far up he's gone. Uh, a couple others of note here. We take a look at some of the drafts. Robbie Anderson goes 7.3. Mark Ingram fell to the seventh round. He was a sixth pick in the seventh round, so the suspension had him drop a little bit. I was able to get Edelman in the eighth round, fifth pick with the suspension. I was hoping to get uh, Duke Johnson on the comeback. He went very first pick in the ninth round, so I was unable to do that. Also was kind of targeting David Njoku, who went very early, in my opinion, 8th round, 11th overall. Uh, I was able, took Jimmy Garoppolo in the ninth round with the 8th pick as my first quarterback. Uh, a couple other keys here. Michael Gallup went to uh, my partner. He took him in the 11th pick in the ninth round. A key rookie to look for there. Kenny Galladay went first pick in the 10th round. Another one, Patrick Mahomes. Went 7th overall in the 7th pick in the 10th round uh, for Mahomes. There's a little running quarterbacks there with Rivers and Mahomes. Uh, so Pat Mahomes goes the seventh pick overall in the tenth round. Jared Goff was the fifth pick of the eleventh round. Nick Chubb ninth in the eleventh round. The rookie there he gets drafted late. Rashad Penny was drafted in the tenth round, tenth overall. Uh, you know, I mean the draft kind of played out pretty much as mostly we would expect here. Not a lot of reaches. Not a lot of big time guys. Uh, you know, being drafted later or some, you know, lower level guys being drafted earlier. It was kind of a status quo draft. Uh, the pace was good. First round, pretty much as predicted. I gave you the top four. It's run down the rest of the first round where Beckham went five, Antonio Brown six, Kamara seven. I took Hopkins at eight. Julio went nine, Barkley 10, Gordon 11, and Fournette was 12. So that rounded out the first round. 
And if you just want to round at the top 24, I will give you uh, McCaffrey first, Gronkowski, Hunt, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Devonta Freeman, Mike Evans, and Stefan Diggs rounded out your top 24 in this draft. So the pace was good. Uh, draft went well. Uh, like I said, for the most part, status quo. No real reaches to, to talk about. And then Chris Carson going in fifth round, 10th. He's moving up that board like we talked about. Rex Burkhead went uh, seventh pick in the fifth round. He's moving up as well with the injury to Sony Michelle. We've talked about that at nauseum. Deshaun Watson was the uh, quarterback taken fifth fifth round, fourth overall. Fourth pick in the fifth round was Deshaun Watson. So, again, overall status quo. Draft is good. It was nice to get one out um, underway. I have done, you know, I did a couple dynasty leagues that we had talked about. I've done a bunch of best ball drafts on draft.com. Don't forget, guys, go to draft.com, use that PUTB code, get yourself a free entry into a cash contest. So I've done a bunch of best ball drafts in there, so that's a good time. If you're looking to kill 10, 15 minutes, throw a few dollars in there, do one of those best ball drafts, you'll enjoy it. They're a lot of fun, so I've done a bunch of those. But this was the first redraft for me. My partner is in a bunch. He does a ton, you know that. Uh, I got a lot lined up this week. Looking forward to them. I got one tomorrow night. That's uh, Mike's League. We're going tomorrow night. I'll be picking seventh there, like I said earlier. I'm kind of going to be in a similar spot that I was last night. You know, so the team could be very similar to what I had, or maybe things will fall a different way. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll go running back heavy this time, but we'll see how that happens. And that, this is really kind of where, you know, draft strategy, when a lot of people ask us about draft strategy, you know, what, what's the best way to go? Should you target running backs, wide receivers? You know, the draft, the people around you in this draft will kind of dictate the way you're going to go. You're always going to have the guys you're targeting, the guys you are not going to have any piece of at all. But as the draft moves, the only pick that really doesn't control anything is that first overall. He's the only person that controls his own fate. After that, the draft's controlled by the people in this league around you. So you could have a plan, you could have a method, a target, guys you're looking for. But once that plan gets altered a little bit by other people's picks, you got to adjust in the fly. And I'll be honest with you, I did not go in here into this draft last night saying, all right, I'm taking four straight wide receivers. That was not the game plan. However, that's what was presented to me as I went, and you have to take the best value on the board, and you got to take the best players at that point in time. And I think I did a pretty good job with my top four wide receivers, and you throw Julian Edelman in as a number five, but he was back from suspension. I'm pretty deep there. I'm open for business. If anybody's looking to make a deal for a running back, come talk to me. I got five wideouts. Let's make a deal. I know the guys in my league are listening. You listening to this podcast, you need a wide receiver. Give me a call. We'll make a deal. All right, so that's all we got for you tonight. I appreciate, again, the patience. I know we've been off for a, a little about about two weeks. A few technical difficulties. Life happening for everybody. We're just trying to get in the swing of things. We'll be back and rolling. Mike, Mike will be back with me next episode, and we'll get things going. Make sure you check out all the Rotoviz stuff that he's doing. He's putting out those team previews every day. Another one going out there. Just finished up the Steelers. He finished up a couple other teams. Got some good information, some good insight. Find out why they think James Conner, not Jalen Samuels, is the heir apparent to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and you always check me out on LastWordOnProFootball.com as well as TheScorePro.com. Great bunch of guys writing with articles that will be coming out. Check out TheScorePro.com. Their NFL preview series is flying out. Team previews out for everything. We're close. We're less than a week and a half away. I'm ready. I know you guys are ready. We've been talking about it all summer. Let's get ready. Fantasy football and the NFL coming up next on the Pick It Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast.